Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading the Bible from the beginning to the end. And we take one chapter at a time and dissect it and look at it using the original languages as a guide. I am so happy you're here. I'm so happy you joined us today. It's been so fun just to go through the scriptures again and again and again. I, I, I don't know how many times I've read this Bible through. I just, I love the Bible. It's so exciting. And I, I just really hope that it, it blesses you all and you learn and you grow closer to God and your Messiah with this study. So we do use the New King James Version Bible as our basis for reading from. And we also look at a lot of the Hebrew interlinear in translations and stuff like that. So we look at the original Hebrew language to try to help clarify some of the concepts and words and better understand what the Bible is saying. Because sometimes the English translation just misses it. And the Hebrew has this amazing word that actually give us, gives us this great picture that we just kind of miss. And so not every chapter has as, as many Hebrew idioms or nuances or words hidden within it that need clarified. Sometimes the English is really great, but sometimes some chapters are amazing. Like I think one of the most loaded chapters in the whole Bible is Genesis 1. I mean, it's just amazing. So if you haven't started at the beginning of this podcast, I definitely suggest going back and watching those. Now, you can follow us and join us on our Facebook page, God's Little Hummingbird. You can also follow along. Um, I just started to do show notes for the blog. And so it's, again, God's Little Hummingbird. It's through WordPress. So I think it's God's Little Hummingbird, wordpress.com or something like that. But you should find it if you Google it. And I have links to it on the Facebook page. And then also, then you can just listen, like, and subscribe to this podcast and you can continue to follow along with this. Now, if you do have specific questions or things you want to study, please reach out to me and contact me and message me through that Facebook page. And I can, we can do little individual studies and kind of off track type studies, I guess I would say. So we don't, you know, just necessarily do the next chapter chapter in the Bible that we're going to read. We focus on perhaps a topic that you really have a question on, because I think sometimes that's very important to be able to do, because as the Holy Spirit's nudging you or teaching you, or there's something on your mind that he's trying to get through to you, then maybe that's the time to address it. So I have no problem doing that, even if it's just, a, even if it's just personal between you and I, and we don't, um, actually, I'm sorry, between you and me. And even if we don't create a whole podcast on it and we just message each other. So that's an option. So I guess without any further ado, that was a little bit of a long intro compared to what I usually do. We are reading today, Genesis chapter 31, and we have been reading the story of Jacob. And this is the beginning of the 12 tribes of Israel. God has called out Abraham. He's making a people for himself and he's they're in the land which they will eventually possess as Israel, but in, at this time it's Canaan, and it's not yet their, quote, possession, right? They are in it, but it's not their possession. So it's a really interesting and amazing story and full of so much prophecy. So let's begin today, and I do pray, Father God, you open our eyes, ears, and hearts to your truth. Please help us to understand what you're trying to speak to us and help us to grow closer to you through your, the study. Thank you, Father, in the name of Yeshua, we ask. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start Genesis chapter 31, and I'm just going to begin reading. 
Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's sons, saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from what was our father's he has acquired all this wealth. I want to point out the word Jacob is not there in the original Hebrew text. Because if you notice that the letters are in italics for Jacob, Yaakov, remember to usurp or supplant, that means that was added in for clarification. Because often in Hebrew, you don't always have to write the actual noun because you understand from the verb or the other parts of speech that are present what they're talking about. So I will clarify the word Jacob is literally not there in this on the second word. But for clarification, you, this, this translation has added it in. Again, I will read it again one more time. Now, Jacob heard. Now, basically, it was like basically he heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's. And from what was our father's, he has acquired all this wealth. So Laban, Laban means white in Hebrew, remember, ha, was Jacob's uncle, Yahov's uncle. And he had deceived Jacob by changing his wages and giving him a different daughter than was promised and then making him work extra and always trying to just kind of connive and watch out for himself. And God continued to bless Jacob. And we're going to read about it in just a moment here. But the sons of Laban, so these are Jacob's cousins, are getting jealous of him. And they are not liking and they're they're not liking the blessing that God's putting on Jacob, and they're actually blaming him and accusing him falsely. So it's just interesting what's happening here. And I think we've all been in those situations where you can just tell. I and I believe this is of Yahweh. You can tell that Yahweh moved their hearts because all of a sudden they just change to you. And we know that our hearts are in God's hands, right? We, we, we def- definitely know that. So in this instance, it just is very interesting how God, in order to get Jacob back to where he wanted to have him in the land of Canaan, here's these hearts of Jacob's, I'm sorry, of Laban's sons turned against him. And... It's one of the things to look at here in the Hebrew is, again, the Aleph Tav. And I hit this a lot, but it's very important because if you read the original language right here, the one, the second word, then we go to the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh word in this section, and then also the the third from the last word group in this section, all of them have the Aleph Tav. Now remember, the Aleph Tav is equivalent to Alpha Omega, that Yeshua said he was the Alpha Omega, but he spoke Hebrew, so he literally was saying, I'm the Aleph Tav. So how, what we see here is, again, this was foretold. The beginning from the end was already written. If you go back and listen to our Genesis 1 podcast, God already knew this was going to happen. Yahweh already knew. And he was moving the situation. Again, this is the stamp. This is his signature. This is Yeshua basically saying, this is of me. This is my will. I'm moving this situation. And I have had in my own life situations where things were going great. And when God was moving me out of that situation, it turned upside down 
in a matter of moments and it didn't even make sense. And looking back with the Holy Spirit's understanding and help, I was able to see that he didn't want me there any longer. And in this situation, I really want to point out that the Aleph Tav is showing showing us that this movement is of Yahweh. I understand that in Hebrew, in modern Hebrew, they teach that is a definite pronoun marker, but it, there is more to it. There's no definition for it. And Yeshua specifically says he is the Aleph Tav, the first, the last, the beginning and the end. And Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Tav is the last. So this signature of his, I really firmly believe, is showing he moved the sons to speak this way. He moved their hearts. And so I hope that makes sense if it doesn't reach out to me on the pod, uh, on the Facebook page. Verse 2, And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban, and indeed it was not favorable toward him as before. Again, they added in the word favorable. They could conclude from the situation that it wasn't, they put, you know, that it was not a good thing. And, but basically what, you know, saying like he wasn't looking on him anymore, but he wasn't looking well upon him anymore is what they infer there to it to mean. Hebrew is a little bit different than English. So just bear with it. It's a beautiful language. Verse three, then Yahweh, remember capital L-O-R-D, all capitals is the tetragram yield hey vav hey transliterated y-h-b-h yahweh if you've been following along you know if you're new i just want to clarify so then yahweh said to jacob return to the land of your fathers and to your family and i will be with you so he comes to him he sees this is happening but he's also moving it to happen do you see verse five verse four so jacob sent and called rachel and leah to the field to his flock and said to them I see your father's countenance, that it is not favorable toward me. And so the word countenance there again is face, okay? I see his face. It's not favorable toward me as before. But the God, the Elohim of my father, has been with me. Now, to look upon somebody's face in Hebrew, it there's a, it's very, it's used a lot in scripture. I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling tonight a little bit over my words because it's evening and I get up super early. So I apologize if I'm stumbling a bit on my speech, but... So to see somebody's face, to see the Father's face, is to basically be in their presence and understand who they are, know them, to let their love and light shine upon you, so to speak. And you're in here, so he is saying his Father's face is not favorable anymore to him. Laban's face is not favorable, so their Father's face was not favorable to him. It's where your light comes from, your look, your love, your from your eyes. So it's Hebrew uses it a lot. Like show me your face, Lord. As Moses talked about, it's he wanted to know him. He wanted to understand him because when you dwell with someone, you look at their face and you get to know who they are. You know their what their countenance is. If they're happy, you can see it. If they're sad, you can see it. If there's joy coming from them, you can see it. If there's love coming from them, you can see it. So it's kind of one of those deeper Hebrew meanings here again, but Again, they use the word face a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot in this, in this instance. And, and the word, if here, I'm going to pull this up really fast as we're studying here. My computer's going a little bit slow. 
So I'm actually going to go forward. That's okay. Um, I see your father's countenance, your father's face, that it is not favorable toward me as before, but the God of my father has been with me. And you know that with all my might I have served your father. Yet your father has deceived and changed, deceived me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not allow him to hurt me. That's, <laughs> that's just horrible. Here's Laban ten times changing and I'll keep reading, but so if he said thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flocks were speck, bore speckled. And if he said thus, the streaked shall be your wages, then all the flocks bore streaked. So Elohim has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. So when Laban would see, for example, here, I want to clarify this. When Laban would see that um, he had told Jacob, yeah, you can have all the, the speckled sheep because of course they were genetically, the they had the 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 um, recessive genes so he thought automatically that the we talked about this yesterday but he thought that the solid colored ones then because they have the dominant genes would outweigh them and outnumber them but remember Jacob was using the almond branches and the poplar branches and these things to make this tea tincture type of thing in the water and the strong of the flock would breed and he bred them when they did have the colors in them, the modeled colors, not just the solid colors. And so his flock became strong and continued to grow. And so when Laban would see this, he would then change the wages. Like, like he would say, okay, no, you, now you can only have the straight or now you can only have the speckled. And whatever... He said, of course, Jacob knew and, and was following God's direction, but then God would also bless that and bring about it for Jacob, whatever Laban had said, even though Laban thought he was outwitting him. I hope that made sense. Verse nine. So God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. And it happened at the time when the flocks conceived that I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream. Remember, God speaks in dreams. And behold, the rams which le leaped upon the flocks were streaked, speckled, and gray spotted. So then the angel of Elohim spoke to me in a dream saying, Jacob, and I said, here I am. And he said, lift your eyes now and see all the rams which leap on the flocks are streaked, speckled, and gray spotted, for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the Elohim, the God of Bethel. Remember, Bethel means house of God, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land, and return to the land of your family. Um, so I want to go back to this word. I'm sorry, my computer finally <laughs> got up here. But for the for the word in, in chapter, I'm sorry, in verse five, where it says your father's faith, um, countenance, the word panim is literally faces. It's plural. Like again, he, the word for face is plural. And I believe it's because there are so many emotions that come through our face. We don't really have just one face. You can have a stoic face, a joyful face, a loving face. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So I wanted to point it out and I wanted to double check myself before I said anything. And so I, I pulled it up while we were reading. And so now let's go back to reading. I apologize for the interruption, but those are fun little diversions. Verse 14, 
Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, Is there still any portion for inheritance or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not considered strangers by him? For he has sold us and also completely consumed our money. So they were turning against their father here and saying, Of course, Jacob, we're going with you. He sold us to you. He he spent all the money that would have been ours. Verse 16, for all these riches which God has taken, Elohim has taken from our father, are really ours and our children's. Now then, whatever Elohim God has said to you, do it. Then Jacob rose and set his sons and his wives on camels, and he had carried away all his livestock and all his possessions which he had gained. He is his acquired livestock which he had gained in Padan Aram to go to his father Yitzhak, or Isaac, in the land of Canaan. Now Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the household or the teraphim idols that were her father's. Okay, so this is not good. <laughs> Rachel obviously had not fully converted to Yahweh because she is stealing idols, and the house of Israel is so full of idolatry anyway throughout the whole Bible and today, but it's just really sad that she did that. And Jacob stole away, meaning he kind of left quickly, unknown to Laban the Syrian, and that he did not tell him that he intended to flee. So he fled with all that he had. He arose and crossed the river and headed toward the mountains of Gilead. So and literally it says there he set his face towards the mountains of Gilead, meaning he, he was... He set his face to go there. You know, people say, well, they set their face to do this. So he, he went that direction. And literally, it reads, he set his face to that, but it means he headed that direction because that's where he was intended to go. And Laban was told on the third day that Jacob had fled. So he didn't know for three days. Then he took his brethren with him and pursued him for seven days' journey. Because see, remember, Jacob was always th already three days ahead, so he had to catch up to him and cover that same ground, and then increase that speed and actually overcome him. And he overtook him in the mountains of Gilead. But Elohim, God, had come to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said to him, Be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. So Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountains, and Laban with his brethren pitched in the mountains of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What have you done that you have stolen away unknown to me and carried away my daughters like captives taken with the sword? Why did you flee away secretly and steal away from me and not tell me? For I might have sent you away with joy and songs, with timbrel and harp. And you did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Now you have done foolishly in, doing, in so doing. It is in my power to do you harm. But the Elohim of your father spoke to me last night, saying, be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. Now, did you notice Laban didn't say it was his God? Obviously, he had household, he had idols, and he wasn't serving God, Yahweh, the, the true God. And he calls him your God, which, remember, Abraham got called out of this family and he left because Abraham did serve the real God, Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob. And so this is the distinction where even the blood relatives of Abraham, he, he was called apart from them. He, he was the Hebrew. He came out of them because they did not choose to serve God fully. Verse 30, And now you have surely gone because you, because you greatly long for your father's house, but why did you steal my gods? Then Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Perhaps you would take your daughters from me by force. With whomever you find your gods, do not let him live. In the presence of our brethren, identify what I have of yours and take it with you. 
for Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. And Laban went into Jacob's tent, into Leah's tent, and into the two maids' tent, but he did not find them. Then he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household idols, or the teraphim, put them in the camel's saddle, and sat on them. And Laban searched all about the tent, but did not find them. And she said to her father, Let it not displease my lord that I cannot rise before you, for the manner of women is with me. Meaning she was telling him, I have my period or my menstrual cycle. So she pretended to have that cycle and was sitting down and couldn't get up. So she didn't get, of course, blood everywhere. And he searched but did not find the teraphim or the household idols. Then Jacob was angry and rebuked Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my trespass? What is my sin that you have so hotly pursued me? Although you have searched all my things, what part of your household things have you found? Set it here before my brethren and your brethren, that they may judge between us both. Now, I do not believe that God allowed Rachel to have those idols because they were good things. And I don't believe he approved of her actions, which, of course, we know by his character he didn't. But because his plan was that Jacob would leave, he did not allow the truth to come out at this moment so that it didn't cause any problems that would thwart his plan. So Yahweh allowed this wickedness because he had a plan. He needed to get Jacob and the 12 tribes of Israel, all these sons, at the time there was only 11, but back into the land in Canaan, and he had a a, a purpose, a direction, and a motive. So God had to let this thing, he was hiding it, Not that he approved of it. He didn't hide it because he approved of it. He hid it so that his plan wouldn't be thwarted. So just remember that when things go your way, it doesn't always mean he approves. Sometimes he has a bigger plan. So really make sure to be in step with Yahweh, God, and and really submit everything to him. And really know his face, his faces, right? Verse 38. These 20 years I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried their young, and I have not eaten the rams of your flock. That which was torn by beasts, I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it. You required it from my hand, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was. In the day the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from my eyes. Thus I have been in your house twenty years. I served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages ten times." Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with you, with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Now, notice again, it's the fear of Yahweh. I love that there because, or fear of Isaac, because Isaac feared Yahweh. So he's the God of uh, God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac. I just love that. He is our fear. We are to fear him reverently. And Laban answered and said to Jacob, These daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children, and this flock is my flock. All that you see is mine, but what can I do this day to these my daughters or to their children whom they have borne? Now therefore, come, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. Then Jacob said to his brethren, Gather stones, and they took stones and made a heap, and they ate there on the heap. Laban called it Yegar Sachuduta, 
but Yaakov or Jacob called it Galid. It's the same word, guys, and it means heap of witness, but one was in Aramaic from Laban and one was in Hebrew from Jacob. And Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me this day. Therefore, its name was called Galid, the heap of witness. Also, Mizpah, because he said, and Mizpah is watch, may Yahweh watch between you and me when we are absent from one another. If you afflict my daughters, or if you take other wives besides my daughters, although no man is with us, see, Elohim is a witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, Here is this heap, and here is this pillar, which I have placed between you and me. This heap is a witness, and this pillar is a witness, that I will not pass beyond this heap to you, and you will not pass beyond this heap and this pillar to me for harm. The Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim, or the God of Nahor, and the God of their father, judge between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father, Yishach, or Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called his brethren to eat bread. And they ate bread and stayed all night on the mountain. And early in the morning, Laban arose and kissed his sons and daughters and blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned to his place. The one thing to remember, even the Bible says, a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. Many, many times women do stay closer to their families. And that's, I believe, why Laban was saying, look, this is mine. These are my daughters. These are my children, but you're taking them. But Yahweh had a bigger purpose and a bigger plan here. And he was calling Jacob out of this situation. It was, again, remember, for his protection, because Esau had intended to kill him. And it also was for him to get relative or kin family members as wives. He wasn't to marry the foreigners. And I think also it was to humble him and test him and teach him a lesson because he had deceived Esau and Isaac, his father. And now Yahweh used Laban to pay him back. There's a verse in the Bible. Karma is a wicked thing. We're not to talk about karma and and stuff like that. But the Bible specifically says, as you have done, especially in the book of um, Obadiah, as you have done, so it shall be done to you. And there's other verses as well. But what we must remember is that, like as Yeshua said, to the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. To the kind, you will show yourself kind. To the shrewd, <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying, right? So if you want people to treat you well, you need to treat people well. Now, remember, God's servants are going to be persecuted, thrown in jail, hated, lied to, beat it. Okay, that doesn't mean when they do that to you that you've done that to other people. I'm not saying that every single instance is like that. We are specifically told the world will come against us. But it is often the case where we should stop and pray and ask why a situation of a, you know, if there's a negative situation that has befallen us, we need to ask why and ask if we have done that to someone and God is trying to open our eyes to how it feels or the reality of it or pay us back for our own actions. So that's a really good thing to remember because I really believe part of this of Jacob's treatment by Laban was payback for what he did. Even though God had ordained him to be the heir, he had to work through wicked, deceitful hearts to get there. And there was an easier way. There would have been an easier way if they had just 
obeyed Yahweh. But because they don't, then he has to work through those wicked hearts and turn them and move them in the way that will work. So God is sovereign. God is good. He is amazing. And I'm so glad you joined us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you have questions, I really do do ask that you would, you know, just just um, reach out to us on the Facebook page and you can message me on there. I I'm, I don't think I'm like immediate in answering, but I'm usually within an hour or so. So that would be really good, <laughs> really good to, um, to, you know, just to get together and you can ask your questions on there. So thank you guys. Sorry, a little bit. I was rambling tonight. I was, I was um, <laughs> I'm just tired. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but I really wanted to get another podcast out and go through another episode with you guys. So I love you all. May God richly bless you. May Yahweh bless you. Make his face shine upon you. Have a super blessed night.